Hi, I'm Bridget Metcalf. Join me each week as I chat with leaders from around the world, shining a light of global issues that affect us all, so the truth may be known. Don't miss out on the conversation. Go to your favorite podcast streaming service now to subscribe to Truth Be Known. For upcoming podcasts, go to truthbeknown.org and enjoy the conversation. Hello friends, this is Bridget Metcalf and thank you for joining us today with Truth Be Known. I want to introduce you to my very good friends, Brett and Holly Martin. And one of the things that we discuss in restoring wholeness is the importance of addressing shame because shame actually hinders us Number one, from receiving love from God, from Jesus, but it also actually hinders us from deeper relationships with one another. The Martins have spent most of their adulthood dedicated to enriching the lives of college students on the university campus. Through a series of events and life experiences, Brett and Holly have merged their ministry together and partnered with Restoring Wholeness Ministry. This ministry addresses fractured identities, generational wounds, shame, and past emotional pains, and puts you on a roadway to wholeness and healing. Enjoy the conversation as we dive into this week's episode of Truth Be Known. And I just got busy in ministry again, and, and I got a dog. So my roommate at the time he's one of my good buddies he's like Brett I think you need a dog <laughs> I'm like Brett I've never had a dog before he's like, it, was well. the, it was the breakup dog yeah so how long did you have that dog I had Obi for um like Obi-Wan Obi Kenobi kind of is yeah. that where you well, got the name yeah Obadiah he I named Obadiah. him after Obadiah but a lot of uh, the students and stuff would after Obi-Wan um <laughs> but yeah I had Obi uh 13 years wow so. you know that's funny a lot of the time when people feel loss or things like that they want to they get an animal uh, you know it's like an emotional healing because animals are so sensitive to your emotions and things like that yeah i had no idea how attached i would get to that dog he he it was like the lord brought that dog mm -hmm. and um that was a whole journey even how that that happened but it, it was a cool cool thing and a cool experience so, well, for sure obviously you guys are together you've been <laughs> married now so how did that come about? How did you guys end up coming together? So when Holly broke up with me, I mean, it wasn't like, obviously, we were talking from that point on. There was no, I had a respect for her and she had a respect for me. It was, it was one of these things that I'm like, I, I came to grips with the reality this wasn't working. And, you know, I grieved and she grieved and we both kind of went our own ways. But at that point, uh, there was absolutely no, no possibility, no, like, someday we're going to get back together. So she broke up with me in 2005. And I kind of just went on my own own way. And Holly did as well. Seven years went by. But but right around 38, 39, I, I, I started struggling with depression. What's going on in my life? I'm still single. There was just a lot of wrestling going on with the Lord. And I had a mentor at the time 
we would go on these prayer walks and he casually just mentioned to me, he's like, Brad, I think God's preparing you for marriage. And I remember after hearing that, I got so angry and he was actually surprised at my response to him. You know, I was like, no, I'm meant to be single. And it was after that, I I just kind of really began thinking about my response. And what I, as I began praying and really asking God, what, what's going on? That's when the Lord showed me there was a fear there, fear of intimacy with a woman. And I don't know how to do this. Mm-hmm. And God, if you're asking me to do this, I'm clueless. Mm-hmm. Every time that I've tried this, it's not working. Did you, did you feel but, ever like a fear of rejection too? You know, like, yeah, if of you course. Put fear yourself of, out there, you're going to be rejected. Absolutely. Rejection, fear, again, fear of failure, all identity things that tap into identity, especially as a man. Everyone else seems to be getting this thing normally and happens so naturally. And I'm like, what in the heck's going on here? But it was at that point, the Holy Spirit showed me that I had made that inner vow. So I began owning that and confessing that. And I'm like, Lord, if you have me to be married, I don't know how to do this. You got to help me. I just began praying that by faith. Did you repent for the vow? Like, did you say, God, forgive me for saying this vow? Or did you just, just say, God, I... How did you do that? Did you did you retract the vow? Yeah, yeah, I did. I said, Lord, forgive me of speaking anything over my life that is not your plan for me. Mm, that's powerful. Yeah, and it was it was almost like the Holy Spirit counseling me or directing me. Mm-hmm. And so that's when I began just more interested in in wanting to know, Lord, what about this person? What about that person? And I would always feel feel the Lord say, nope, nope, not right. There, there just was something there that wasn't connecting. And I wasn't going to try and make it fit. I was secure enough. I knew getting married wasn't going to fix me. It was one of those things that I just kind of just gave to the Lord in faith. I thought, you know, it would be great to catch up with Holly and just find out what's what's been going on in her world, what God, what's God been doing. And I remember calling her and... We talked on the phone for about an hour Mm -hmm. and it wasn't weird. It wasn't awkward. We laughed. And and one of the things about Holly that is very attractive is she has a contagious laugh. She's just brings a lot of joy. But I remember after that phone call, hanging up with her and there was this like this, this feeling in my gut, like I miss her. And Mm -hmm. it was awakening something that, I really hadn't felt before. Holly, so. how did so, you feel? So I got off the phone and basically in my head, I'm like, oh, that was a great phone call with my buddy, Brett. You know what I mean? I'm thinking he's so. So what was the difference maker? Because obviously now you guys are married. So when did the buddy zone stop and the, when did it hit you? So I just felt this boldness come on me and I'm like, I'm going to reach out to Holly. We were hanging out and it was just real fun and casual. And I said, Holly, would you be open to us reconnecting to see if maybe God's doing anything different in our lives? And my response to him was, well, I don't really know if I can ever fall in love with you. (laughs) That's what I said. And then he said, that's fine, Holly. I don't know if I can fall in love with you again. (laughs) (laughs) 
after that initial experience, I was driving back and I had a moment of panic, just going, what in the heck did I just do? That fear coming back up again, that fear of rejection, fear of failure. I, I don't want to hurt Holly and I don't want to be hurt. And right away, you know, just I'm rationalizing and all the, these emotions are coming up. The spirit of the Lord came in my truck so powerfully. I, so I felt initial peace again. And it was like he began giving me a plan. And he said, Brett, you'd, you don't have to figure this out. Just, just start writing her letters. She doesn't have to respond. So you're not looking for her to respond. But just begin writing her letters so she can begin getting to know you again. And so you can share your fears, you can share your dreams, you can share what God has been doing in my life the last seven years. Mm -hmm. And from, from the moment that we broke up to that time, God had been doing some really deep things in my heart and life. So he started sending me all these cards and I just, over time, I was just starting to get excited about going to the post office box. And then he had another thing he did where he would text me in the mornings at the same time, every single morning. And I just remember laying in bed one day, he was late. And I just remember laying there thinking, well, where's my text? Like, where is it? <laughs> and it We're anticipating just, it. Yes. Yeah. So he just started doing things like that. And then I just started kind of chipping away into our, my heart. And she didn't respond for the longest time. I did finally time. write and a letter. And then finally she wrote me a letter. And yeah. I wrote in that letter I, at the end, I'm like, Brett, what do you want? What exactly do you want from me? And he quickly wrote back. And the part that kind of took me back was in one of the lines of that letter. He goes, you're who I want. Wow. And that, Go Brett. Like, yeah. <laughs> No, I was like, I want, and it was one of those things that I just felt like I, I felt confident and I'm like, I want you. Yeah. It shocked me. I want to pursue you. It was very shocking. And it just hit my heart. Like, oh, he's serious about this mm -hmm. and he's coming after me in a way I didn't even recognize in him. So he, the first year he dug himself out of the buddy zone really well. Like he did a great <laughs> job. Getting it's because the Holy Spirit directed him on how to do it. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. And then the second year I'm like, okay, I just want to date him. And then it took a whole nother year of engagement. And so it, it just has been, it took a total of how many years, sweetie, for us? Was it 15 <laughs> Well, seven years in between when she broke up with me to when we would re reconnect seven, eight, and then another three years. So 10 years. Yeah, 10 years. So it took a total of 10 years. So we got uh, married in. So you know what that tells me? It tells me, uh, Holly, you're a very long processor. <laughs> I know, I know. Well, the thing of it is, there was something that really drew me to Holly. There was a humility about her that I didn't see before. There was a brokenness about her. And I'm like, wow, that's really attractive. What is that? And well, Holly, Holly what was that all about? Like, what, do you know that there was a difference between the first time and the second time? Did you feel that too? Absolutely. Absolutely, Bridget. Um, during that seven-year gap, I believe the Lord was doing a deep and healing work in us that we happen to have to do by being single. 
a lot of these, a lot of couples walk this stuff out in their marriage, but we walked out a lot of healing, deep work, restoration in our split during that seven year gap. And during that time I had graduated, I came back from college, dated Brett for a year and I went back to get my master's degree. I broke up with him and I thought after my master's degree, I'm gonna go back into ministry. I'm going to maybe be a missionary overseas. And I graduated and I heard the Holy Spirit say, Holly, you're not going to do that. You're going to go work for your parents at, the, at their Dairy Queen. And I just thought the Lord had gone off his rocker. Like, who does that? Who goes from their master's degree <laughs> to blending blizzards? Like, you just don't do that. Yeah, exactly. It's wrong. It's wrong. <laughs> and I spent the first five years of working at the DQ, not just ashamed to wear my uniform in public. Like, <laughs> <laughs> giving out dilly i've actually been to that dq and i got lots of dilly bars in that dq with you yes so i was like you know undercover dq girl like <laughs> just don't want anybody to know i'm working at dairy queen i'm you know and angry those first five years i was so angry i thought i was gonna be married by then i thought i my degrees would take me somewhere um, and here I am living at my parents' house, single and working at a Dairy Queen blending blizzards. And I just thought, this is just wrong and disappointing in my life. And, but the Lord just used that. He's like, Holly, I can give you a new job. I can give you a husband, but if we don't fix what's coming out of you. The junk that's coming out of you right now, it's never going to go away. And you, I could give you all these things and it's still going to be there. Let me work this stuff out in you. So my journey of healing and restoration, it was because I was plopped down into a Dairy Queen <laughs> and I just, he used that place to get at me and walk out the junk that was coming up out of me. And one of the questions that would come out of me a supernatural question. And I don't consider myself an unloving person, but I was always asking God, how can I love better? How can I love better? Because and there's a supernatural side to that, I believe, uh, because I really don't see myself as being unloving, but I just knew there was, a, I was stuck. Like I, there wasn't this natural outflow Mm -hmm. And I saw myself go from being impatient and just irritated at those teenagers that worked for me, um, just really not the greatest boss I could be because I didn't want to be there. And I saw myself through the power of the Holy Spirit transform me from that icky Holly to a woman that would go to work with this missional purpose that had a natural outflow of love. It wasn't something I concocted because I just couldn't create that. I, I didn't want to be there. I could not create that. And he, he did such a supernatural work so that the outflow and those kids just started coming out of themselves. And I just, started ministering in ways, even when I was in full-time ministry, there was not that same kind of outflow mm. that I had in at Dairy Queen. And those kids felt loved. They felt like they felt safe. Mm -hmm. They felt like they were believed in, mm -hmm. that there was 
purpose for their lives. And so that's how I can say those pivotal years were so important and why I was different when Brett came back into my life because he had, he had started doing a deep holy work and, and a sanctification work, mostly on my own. Whereas Brett's, Brett's journey of restoration and healing has been a lot of with the body of Christ, the community. Well, so. you know, you guys have, I mean, obviously you guys ended up getting married and you've been married now for five years and uh, Dane and I were there to celebrate your wedding. It was a beautiful wedding. So God did bring you together, but it sounds like all these things happened. These, these processes happened before you came together and it has marked your marriage and it's marked your ministry. You know, you both were doing college ministry uh, with Chi Alpha, U of A, um, in Tucson, Arizona, and you're, you've been involved in ministry for so long, but now you're doing a ministry called Restoring Wholeness. And how has that like segued from your personal single lives into your married life into ministering to people? I mean, how has that affected you? It sounds like what you went through prior in your marriage, before you guys got married has affected your future so much. Our, our lives, our marriage, our ministry is marked by restoration. Mm-hmm. That word restoration, that's the heart of God. Yeah. I'm sorry if I get emotional, but a lot of, a lot of the body of Christ hasn't experienced all that God has for them. The restoring work of the, the father heart of God, especially in ministry, ministry leaders, mm-hmm. we get so caught up in, in, striving and busyness and doing and performing that we don't really understand that God just wants wants to be with us, wants to love us, wants to us to get to know his heart. Because it's out of once we get to know his heart that ministry actually begins flowing. Mm-hmm. And see, that's one of the, the disconnects that I had. I remember I was a, a university student I grew up in the church, but I didn't understand that God loved me. There was a lot of self-hatred and a lot of shame. And one of the things that we discuss in Restoring Wholeness is the importance of addressing shame because shame actually hinders us, number one, from receiving love from God, from Jesus, but it also actually hinders us from deeper relationships with one another and even fully understanding ourselves. And so there was this disconnect in my life. And a lot of it was an early exposure to pornography. Um, there was a lot of shame there. And then struggling as a, as a young boy into teenage years with my sexual identity, not knowing who I was, mm-hmm. just always feeling different from, from my peers. And why am I more sensitive? Why am I not as into the things that I should be as what society says a man should be into. So there was always this 
a lack of confidence, lack of really knowing who I was. And so it was in college that I encountered the love of God in such a powerful way. It just transformed me. And I studied civil engineering in, in university, and I wanted to graduate and become a custom home builder and make a lot of money. In college, God changed my life so much that when I graduated, I felt like the Lord said, I want you to work with, with students. And that was the craziest thought I'd ever heard of. I, I never thought I'd be in ministry or be a pastor or anything like that. My plan was to do this internship in, in campus ministry for a year, and then I would go out and get a job. Genuinely, that's what I thought. Well, that year turned into 27 years later. Wow. God has actually used ministry to get at some deeper things in my life. We can use ministry and we can hide behind tasks and, and serving others. And that's all awesome. But you know, the Lord wants to get at deeper areas of our lives. That theme of being in relationships and not being able to go forward, that was a common theme in my life. I would have different girlfriends, but it, it just, I would get to this place and, and I would stop. And there was one summer in the year 2000 that I moved up to Seattle and I was doing some soul searching, really questioning the call of God on my life, just even what I wanted out of my life. Was I even going to continue pursuing God? And maybe I just wanted to pursue my own fantasies and my own whatever. We were working on Mercer Island on this uh, balcony. It, the beams had rotted out. And so we were taking all the, the beams apart and putting in new beams and new uh, posts and shoring it up. And as we were doing that, the Holy Spirit spoke so loudly to me, Brett, your life is like some of these rotten beams in here. And I want to get in here in some of the parts and clean out all the stuff and shore some stuff up. Will you let me do this? And it was at that point that I heard the Lord say, I've called you in ministry, Brett, and I've called you to work with students. And I want you to, to bring hope to students. But you can't do that if, you, if you're not willing to face some of these deeper things. And it was at that point that I'm like, I want to be obedient. I want to follow after what the Lord has for me. And there was this nine-month program at the time I, from the Bay Area, and I moved back to the Bay Area called Living Waters. And I went through this Living Waters intensive discipleship program that actually gets at some deeper areas of our lives, some roots. Because, you know, I, I love landscaping and, and working outside. And if we don't get at the roots of weeds and stuff, those things keep coming back up. So that I did that in 2000. And that's when God first began breaking off shame when when I began feeling hope like I could go forward. Well, sanctification and all that stuff is a process, right? And so that was when I actually first began learning the, the gift of confession, the gift of bringing out what's in the shadows into the light. We think sometimes either as leaders or I don't know, our own pride. Well, I've already confessed that. I don't need to confess that anymore. And if we don't do the due diligence in our lives, sometimes some things can creep back in. And as leaders, if we're struggling with, say, sexual temptation or thoughts or pornography, that can bring on a whole nother level of shame. And we don't feel as leaders that we can talk in safe places. Mm -hmm. And there was a lot of feeling like, where do I go as a leader? 
And every summer we would take missions trips overseas. And in 2007, so Holly had broken up with me. And so I was two years now being single. I took a group of uh, four students and we went to South Africa. And in South Africa, I, I met a YWAM missionary and we were there for three weeks. After that three weeks, I, I connected with his heart, who he was in the ministry. And he, was the, he is the founder of uh, Restoring Wholeness Ministries. And it actually is the heartbeat of going through that program like Living Waters. And so right away, I connected to him. Kai Alpha was doing something at the time, give a year, pray about a lifetime. And so my intentions were to move to Cape Town, South Africa, and work alongside uh, Wynn and this ministry, and then bring it back to the U of A. But God did other plans and moved he and his wife to Tucson. And we began partnering together in Tucson, implementing uh, Restoring Wholeness to students. Because in my years of working with students, I, I just began seeing there's such a need. Yeah. There's well, such a need you personally also kind of went through the whole process. And once you go through that process, you want to see other people get through the process too. So what is restoring wholeness look like? If, if somebody wanted to get involved in that, how would they get involved and what could they expect to do and what do they need to be able to truly get the best and the most out of it? You know, whenever I introduce restoring wholeness to students, I always ask the question, what do you really want? So they have to, they have to know, and they have to really come to a place where, what do I really want? You know, if they want to just get through the initial feelings of guilt because they feel bad about whatever they're struggling with. That's kind of the wrong reason. When God actually wants to, to restore our lives, it actually takes work. It takes a commitment, a grit mm -hmm. that I didn't even realize I had within me. Because there were days where I was like, I don't know if I'm going to get through some of this stuff because the layers sometimes or the pain or the loneliness that we feel walking through something. And that's where the Lord really shows you that he's a friend that sticks closer to us than a brother and that he never leaves us nor forsakes us. We all have issues. And if we don't deal with our issues at one point or another in our lives, our issues will deal with us. It's just a matter of time. And so that's the, that's the heart of God. He wants to get into those places, those deep recesses of our lives that maybe we feel we've lost hope we've given up, maybe that we've never experienced hope or restoration, mm -hmm. but God wants to do that. And that's, that's actually, that's the gospel, right? Right. It's a process. It's really beautiful. And so we run a 16 week course, obviously with COVID, it's been a little different. And I always tell the students, you know, going through this course is not going to fix you, but we'll begin giving you tools. And so to give people proper um, expectations, a lot of times we think we want this quick fix or microwave healing or whatever. And I have learned probably more about the Lord through just my struggles and his commitment to me. And a lot of times, especially as guys, we have this performance or perfection. I've struggled a lot with perfection 
And if I don't feel like I'm good at something, I give up. And God never gives up on us. You know, we give up on ourselves. We give up on other people, but God never gives up on us. And that's his heart. And so when we begin actually experiencing that personally, that actually gives us hope to begin standing in the gap for somebody else than maybe where they don't have hope. And so we do a 16-week course where we do about an hour of teaching, and then we break up in an hour of small group. And it's not a counseling session or anything like that. It's more about just listening prayer. What is God saying? What is God doing? What is the Holy Spirit doing in this time? And it's in those, in those places. God really is the healer. He's the restorer. It's amazing, too. I mean, I know you speak a lot about students, young college students, young adults, And I I think that's been your world uh, a lot, but this is for anybody. Restoring wholeness is for anybody that's willing to give this time to really investigate their life, correct? I used to think that Brett's class was for people that were struggling with their sexual identity, with pornography, or just anything like that. And I had an opportunity to attend a Living Waters program like he did years ago. And I went to it thinking, I'm just going to understand what Brett's doing. And I went through it and the Lord just rocked my world. And I grew up a church girl. My parents had it easy with us kids. We didn't rebel. We were church kids. We looked like we had everything together. I didn't think I had too many issues in my life. I mean, I never was arrogant about who I was, but I just never assumed there was a whole lot going on. And during that, I don't know, 20 weeks or so, Jesus came in and disrupted my life. And he's like, I'm going to show you the answer to that question, how to, how you can love better. And he did that in that class. It was in that class where he started bringing things from deep within me that I did not even know was, was making me stuck, stopping this outflow. And he's like, Holly, I'm going to show you things that you're not even aware of that I want to heal in you and make whole. And so here I am a church girl and I'm having my world rocked. And for six weeks, I cried every single day for six weeks. And I had no idea why I was crying. And, and I'm not a big crier. I think I, it's refreshing for Brett when he sees me crying because it's like, <laughs> oh, you're kind of vulnerable here, you know? It's like, yeah, it was actually, I remember one time and she was like embarrassed. She's like, oh, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm crying. And I'm like, no, actually, Holly, it's kind of refreshing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. To see those emotions come out. Yes. Yeah. So Jesus, he has been healing me these last 15 years, restoring me. I love better than I have ever loved in my entire life. He's teaching me to love my husband better. And I have, I have more to go, but it's exciting. And I just want more of him. He says to taste and see how good he is. And that is our heart's cry that we want a taste of him more and more so that when we get to heaven, we can say, Jesus, I know you and you've done a good work in me before I even got here in heaven. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's one of those things where these classes are not for people who are bound by some 
pride or huge hidden like you know religion what I mean? religious yeah. or prideful mm-hmm. yeah it's for everybody and now i see oh the body of christ needs this isn't it funny how oftentimes when we're struggling with things we'll either compartmentalize them or hide them deep within because we don't want to we're afraid that it would make people pull away from us pull away from god you know so we hide it but then out of God's great love and because he is whole and I love the name restoring wholeness because it's really what you guys are doing through this program. God's love is restoring the whole person back to him, but it can only be done when we allow him in. And when we allow him in, then he doesn't look at us shamefully. He doesn't discard us or reject us, but he's wanting to draw us in so that he can make us whole rather than keep us apart and be fractured. So isn't it that this is an incredible ministry. I'm really excited for people to really hear about this and to understand it. But like you said, it's not something, sounds like it's not something that you can just be like, "Uh, I don't need this. Uh, I'm good. I've been a Christian my whole life, but we all need to be restored. We all have fractures. I mean, would you say that as far as like what you've noticed the process through people in your own life? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely, Bridget. What it does, actually, we become more self-aware. It helps us to connect Mm -hmm. deeper to others, and it actually helps others connect deeper to us. One of the things, I mean, I've heard, and it's only by God's grace, really, I've been privileged to hear trusted stories of people that have been very vulnerable with me and shared things. Brett, I've never shared this with anybody. And I, I don't know why people feel comfortable other than I've allowed some of the deep work of the Holy Spirit in my life to where people are able to feel a grace to be vulnerable. The other thing is, I understand it's a journey. It's a process. And so I'm still in conversation and relationship with students from years, years back to where I'll get a call. They just know that they can check back in. And, you know, it's kind of like when we take a, a car to get a tune-up. Why, mm-hmm. why do we think we're any different? We have right. to have areas in our lives tuned up by the Lord. And we all have blind spots in our eyes and in our lives. And, and that's why it's important. It's so, so important to have trusted others mm-hmm. that won't just tell us what we want to hear, but will actually be gut level real and honest. My thing too is don't just trust and open up to anybody. Pray for divine connections and divine friendships. Mm -hmm. And that's what God began bringing in my life, divine friendships and connections to where, you know, I have a whole network of people that have my back that I can be gut level real and honest with. That's been awesome because just like every day we need to physically take a shower to wash us and cleanse us, we need that spiritually. Mm-hmm. We need that emotionally. There's stuff, the spiritual realm is more real than, than the physical. And that's another thing. I'm so thankful for the Holy Spirit in my life. Because the spiritual realm is real. And when we begin actually recognizing as Christians the spiritual battle that we're in, and that there's forces coming against us, mm-hmm. and we need 
We need to learn confession. We need to learn bringing stuff out and also recognizing our authority, who we are as sons and daughters of the most high. When we recognize our identity, it's powerful. I do want to ask you as we're coming to a close, how can people get involved? How can people find you? Where do they connect with you to be a part of restoring wholeness? I know that you're going to be a part of our World Sealed Conference that we have coming up in October 16th. People are going to have an opportunity to hear you again and also connect with you guys. But until then, can I get just a little bit of how people can connect with you and hear more about restoring wholeness? We do have a website, so it's restoringwholeness.org, and there is a contact page and all that kind of stuff. But we're also in the beginning phases of creating, um, normally we do these courses in person, but COVID has kind of shifted that a little bit. And so we are in the process of kind of trying to make things digital. So we're in the beginning phases of that. Being married to Holly definitely is moving things along a little quicker. So Holly's a go-getter. So I know that she's got plans and ideas and thoughts and getting them all lined out. Correct, Holly? That is correct. Yeah. So they just they just recorded two seminars that are going to be posted on the website. One is called From Shame to Intimacy in Christ. And uh, the one they just got finished doing is dealing with pain, anger and depression. Wow. And those typically are like one day seminars that they do in person. And so they just recorded those um, just within the last couple of months. And We're looking to hopefully even get their 16-week program recorded as well. So we're excited about it. And if you want to donate to Restoring Wholeness, there is the opportunity to do that on the website as well. Wynn Thompson is the, the founder of Restoring Wholeness. And you can read about his story, which is powerful, on the website as well. Also, like you can reach out and contact us with any questions that you may have or ways we can help minister And there's also resources on the website as well. Yeah, a ton of resources. It's restoringwholeness.org, correct? Yes. Yeah. Okay, that's awesome. And I am excited too, for some of our listeners, we've been talking to Holly and Brett, and if if all the travel bans are lifted and things like that, we're really believing that they're going to be here in Bangkok in October as well. And we'll be doing um, a Restoring Wholeness seminar here in Bangkok, Thailand. So excited about that. I sure love you guys. I, I so appreciate you. I respect you as ministers, but I also just really respect you as friends. And so I end every session with kind of a truth be known. And so I'm going to drop a truth be known bomb. Truth be known, I have known Holly since she was 16 years old. Holly, how old are you now, if you don't mind me asking? Um. I'm 47. 47. So you can tell that's a long time. And I've just seen her progress all through her life. And I just want to say to the both of you, I've both known both of you for quite a while, but Holly a lot longer, is that I am so proud to be your friend and pleased that Dane and I have been able to be a part of your life. And I 100% believe in the ministry that you're doing and the lives that you're changing. I feel personally, even as I listen to the conversation today, that uh, it affected me. I I can feel 
I can see and witness the wholeness in both of you, but I feel uh, that incredible, like, wow, I want to go deeper. I want to be more whole. I know I'm not exempt personally, and the listeners out there aren't exempt from this at all either. It's like, we, we want to be whole. I think there's desire in all of us. And so I want to say thank you for your sacrifice. Thank you for your love and your ministry. I'm so glad that your love story, I'm a, I'm a romantic at heart. So I'm glad that God brought you back together, even though there was that little span of time and what a power couple you guys are in making such an impact on this world. And I, I do want to just say to you both, I believe that God wants to make this unlimited and God is an unlimited God and he has great things in store for you. And it's beyond your borders. Uh, one of my mentors said this to me not too long ago, but she said, Bridget, you, you're acting like you're in a pond, but now you're in the ocean and you need to mm. swim in the ocean. And I just want to say to you guys too, I feel that really strongly with you that God's taking you from the pond to the ocean as well. And he's got great things for you because it's his heart to restore wholeness to all of humanity. So I just love you and I'm proud of you. And I'm so blessed to have you on uh, today's show. So thank you so much. Thank you, Bridget. Uh, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you, Bridget. We're humbled and honored. So we really appreciate that. Thank you, Brett and Holly, for sharing with our Truth Be Known audience today about the life-giving ministry of Restoring Wholeness. Not only does this ministry help with fractured identities, but Brett and Holly are living proof and a product of finding wholeness themselves. When we allow God to mend our brokenness and shed the light of truth on our hidden thoughts and past hurts, that is truly where the healing begins. Restoring Wholeness is a 16-week course and will be made digital in 2021. You can find out more at restoringwholeness.org. That's restoringwholeness.org to begin the process of wholeness in your own lives. Thank you, friends, for listening to Truth Be Known and go to truthbeknown.org to find out more about the future episodes. You can always find us on your favorite streaming service. And don't forget to let the truth be known.